welcome, 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 podcast listeners. It is episode number 270 of the Fret Talk Podcast. You are here with your slightly blurry host because my camera is fucking about. You are here now with your completely sharp, in focus host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You are joined by, oh my gosh, it uh, is Josh. That is, I mean, start as we mean to go on, Josh. Start as we mean to go on. Yes, my man. And we're also joined by Mr. Matt Quine. Say hey. hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Yeah. It's been, it's been so long. He did the thing. <laughs> he did the thing. Oh, speaking of doing the thing, I'm, I'm going to, before we even start the podcast again, we got Joe Branton to do his thing as well. We we got that was a that was a moment that was I really enjoyed was, that. Like, bearing in mind that like certainly me and you met through their page initially, like the 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 GAK podcast page from back in the day. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, yeah, it's I'm it's come full circle. Me, it? It's like if the podcast ended now, I'd I'd say <laughs> that that would be a pretty nice kind of completion. That would we've. We've made it. We've we've really made it. So massive. I'm going to extend a massive thank you to Joe Branton for coming on and making that dream a reality. And you know what? He's a, he's a really really nice dude. So I I urge you to go check out his podcast if you haven't already. I mean, I'm I'm talking as if <laughs> like he need, he needs the uh, the recommendation from us. Chances are you've probably or you came to us from that. So you know. Because they they've got a massive listenership and well deserved. Like Joe is a consummate professional and just a great guy to have on the podcast. Um, let's stop with this kindness because this this is not the fret talk way. <laughs> this is this is uh, this is off paced for us. I'm almost almost feeling emotions, and that is that's a dodgy ground for a British man. That is. <laughs> so, no let's. Such thing. Squash them down. Squash that's it, it down. That's it. That's it. The my emotions are hungry or horny. That's the the two, the two of them. Those are emotions, right? Pretty sure. Absolutely. As a British person, absolutely. And so, <laughs> oh yes, it is episode number two seventy. We are joined by an all star cast. Some would say the dream team. Some being <laughs> me, I am some. Um. So, Matt, it's it's been so so goddamn long. How are you, my man? <laughs> yeah, all good. Woo woo. Oh, I've been to Cyprus, so I was there for two weeks of the recording. So, yeah, a bit difficult to you know when you when you're so pissed that you know, I was in it on an all inclusive holiday. So, oh. yeah, there was no way. Like, bearing in mind, if you were recording at eight o'clock at night this time, it would be ten o'clock at night there. Oh, there's no chance. There's absolutely no fucking chance. In the morning, so there was no chance that you're getting anything coherent out of me. So even if I'd have taken a mic, I wouldn't have been it. Wouldn't have been worth it. No, Um, I mean you. You very much kind of did the team a favour there by kind of bearing out for those two weeks. (laughs) Yeah, and And then yeah, a well-deserved holiday as well. I mean, because you are potentially the hardest working man in the podcast business. Yeah, I mean, I just. I, I tend to not say no to things, <laughs> and that when you do that at work as well, you end up like covering for fourteen people. I mean, you like Jim Carrey in that really <laughs> shit movie. Ugh. That so that movie, yes, man, was based on a really good book. <laughs> the movie absolutely does not bear any resemblance to the book, so. <laughs> Like at no point in the book does Danny Wallace try and cop off with Zoe Deschanel. I I have read most <laughs> of the words in that book, and Zoe Deschanel does not appear once. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure he would though. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As long as you can get away with it. <laughs> I think the moral of the movie is: if you say yes to everything, you will end up. Copying off with Zoe Deschanel, so good to know. May, maybe, maybe, who knows? But yes, so you've 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 been been on your holly bobs, yeah. 
Um, other than like guitar related, I don't, I, I don't know whether I mentioned the last time I was on. I don't, in fact, I don't even know whether I'd agreed to this the last time I was on. One of the the people that was in the uh, musical that I uh, teched for, um, is a, a girl called Laura who plays piano, and she was looking for somebody to do a, a couple of open mics before she's going traveling in the new year. She's looking for somebody to do some open mics with her. So like, very good mind. Like I've been off island for nine of the days in between i've done three rehearsals with her ready for doing an open mic next week nice um and we're, we're hoping to get enough songs before the end of november so that we can uh, there's a like an outdoor pizza place that opens on a sunday um they've got like a like a, a proper wood-fired like stone-baked pizza thing and they've got like an outdoor um like a, a permanent marquee type thing and on a sunday afternoon they have like an hour and a half music sessions we're trying to get enough together for us to do that before because um, she knows the person who owns the the, uh, the place and yeah we're trying to get enough to, enough together to do like an hour and a half together um, just so that she can do something like that because she's a classically trained pianist who's never done anything like in terms of like popular music yeah live. she's like, always she proven it, proper but, but never busked it yeah so she's she's also like she's like if you put a sheet, piece of sheet music in front of her she's fantastic um I, we were doing um we're going to do Wish You Were Here, um, yeah. which she was great at playing the, the, the riff whilst I'm doing the, the solo. And then for one of the breaks, I was like, go and do some improv. And she just panicked. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she, yeah, she's just like, I'm, I'm completely classical. Like, don't tell me to improv. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I don't know the meaning of this word. Where is improv I really written? When, I was really hoping when you started that sentence and you was talking about she plays piano, so I'm going to have to be tuning the piano now. I was really hoping that was going to be what you said. No, God, no. She, like, she's got a travel um, travel keyboard that she can take to open mic nights and stuff, so it should be uh, should be a good laugh. But yeah, we've got like seven or eight songs for, for an open mic night already in the bag. And then, yeah, like I say, hopefully by the end of November, we should have enough for an hour and a half so we can do this. No, fair, fair play. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds wicked. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm doing with that. And that... Yeah, for open mics, I'll take the acoustic. If we if we end up doing this um, thing, I'll probably take the Variac. Yes. So that, so that I can loop some stuff and do a bit of proper lead as opposed to acoustic lead, which is always a little bit... <sighs> yeah, yeah, no one likes that. No one. Like, you can always feel... The uh, the guitarist going. Mm, I wish this was an electric. <laughs> well, that's it. Like the only good acoustic guitar solo I can think of is the intro solo for "Wish You Were Here." Other than that, they all just sound a bit wrong. Oh, I think uh, "Maggie May" by Rod Stewart's got a, a nice little acoustic solo in it as well. Nothing by that's Rod Stewart. Two, is good. That's got two Strat solos and a mandolin solo in it. <laughs> Maggie May. Okay, uh, I've heard. <laughs> Um, well, maybe there's live versions with yeah. I've heard live versions where they do it with um, with yeah, the, acoustics. The record's definitely got two Strat neck pickup solos and uh, a mandolin solo. I mean, at one point I stupidly thought that I'd be able to do both the guitar part <laughs> and have the mandolin on, ready to do the mandolin solo at the end. I mean, you got to um, like and trying to put a mandolin on so that it sits on top of a Strat whilst you're trying to play lead on the Strat. Doesn't go very well. <laughs> no, you'd you'd need like a really highly like highly strapped mandolin and a low guitar. Yeah, yeah, that ain't that ain't no that ain't no vibe, is it? That <laughs> yeah, no, definitely wasn't fun. I, we did that. We tried it at one rehearsal. I went, nope, never doing that again. Yeah, I mean, you can get those uh, like stands that hold the guitar for you. Yeah, you can also get like there's there there are double neck guitars that are a mandolin and a I, I, usually it's a telly, but um, I, yeah, yeah. For one song, who the fuck is is, is spending however much that cost? No, I mean I'm sure there's a there's a way that you can vary acts that, like have a custom tuning that's like twelve frets up and then with you like twelve string kind of. Yeah, I know for a fact that you can because when um, Frog Leap do their version of Zombie, they they were using the Shuriken variant. I thought you was going to say Maggie May then. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. Exactly, um, but they like turn the guitars into the the variax mandolin. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's, uh, the variax has a twelve string mode and a, a, a 
Is it the virtual capital? Is that what they call it? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. So yeah. if they, if they can do it on the shurikens, I imagine that it's available. Yeah, there will be the, a way uh... to do it. The problem is the interface for the Variac is fucking abysmal, and I'm not going back <laughs> yeah. to it. I'll give a fuck. It does some really good sounds, and that's fine, and they'll, they'll stay some really good sounds, and I'll just leave it like that, because Jesus fucking Christ, just the effort of finding an Ethernet cable to plug into the adapter, to plug into the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's quite convoluted second, process, isn't it? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's USB to, to adapter, and then an Ethernet cable from that to the guitar... Yeah, but you and also the has to have the battery in and be on. Yeah, and it has to. So it has to have a jack plug in it as well. Yeah, it needs and to be plugged you... into an amp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or plug. Uh, yeah, at least plugged into the jack yeah. socket as well. Yeah, and then yeah. you can try and mess around in this software that was written by some somebody who really doesn't understand that the computer has moved on since Visual Basic in nineteen ninety five. You leave. <laughs> You leave the workbench alone. I think the workbench <laughs> does an absolutely fab job. But you can it's do you can do all of that without having to uh, use the software. You can you can access the virtual capo stuff on the guitar itself, and you can save it to banks. Ow. Um, next question. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I don't know how to do it because I just use the computer because it's that convoluted way of. Um, of like setting it up is easier than me trying to figure out how to use the virtual capo, <laughs> uh, but it's it's possible, believe me. Um, so you could yes. sorry the way <laughs> the way that I do it is because you've got um, custom m- the custom mode on your tuning have yeah. custom mode as your um what your Maggie May uh, mandolin? Yeah, your mandolin. And then yeah. you can just switch between that and standard mode. Yeah, and it should. Yeah, should be fine. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, honestly, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to. No, it. no. For, for, yeah, for the for the one <laughs> like one song, fuck it. You're getting telly net pickup. I, I spent four hours in that workbench setting up the custom bank. At the so I've got a custom bank at either end of the guitars. Yeah, yeah. On on that rotary, and I I spent four hours setting up what was going to be a Les Paul bridge pickup, a Tele bridge pickup, an acoustic in the middle, a Strat net pickup, and a Les Paul net pickup. And I was like, that's anything that I'd ever want for a gig. And I got them all to balance so that the volumes were consistent throughout. And I'm like. This will this I'll never ever use another guitar for a gig ever again. And I hit save and the workbench crashed. <laughs> Completely blue screen of fucking death. And I just went, I'm never plugging this into that ever again. What a fucking waste of my time. Didn't save to the guitar or anything. It's just yeah, I was just like, nope, done. Never I've never touched that. In fact, I couldn't even tell you where the adapter is to plug my Variax into the PC. Well, if I could tell you exactly where it is, it's in the fucking ocean because he <laughs> threw it in there. Yeah. Quite possibly. It's I I can guarantee it's at least eleven miles away from where I am now because if it is anywhere, <laughs> it's at my mum's house. There you that's go. Where I last used it. Well, uh, I'm I'm extending this uh, this here, and you listeners and Josh, you can be privy to this. You can you can hold me to my word here. If you ever decide that you want that, I will make you those patches. I will make you like the Les Paul Bridge, the thingy. So. All you'll need to do is like save it onto your computer and then upload it onto your guitar without like without okay. even having to like fuck about with the interface yourself. And, and you'll fuck about with the volume so that they're all one consistent volume. Yeah, so yeah. Or all, all maximum, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because louder is better. Um no, I'll yeah. I'll 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 balance them as well, yeah. I'll do that for you. Well, I might chat to it at some point if I ever find that adapter. I doubt I will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like you, you can hold me, uh, hold me accountable here. Yeah. I've, uh, I've, wh- I've said what? this on the podcast. Sorry, um, what number are we on? Fret talk what? Uh, two seventy. All right, I'm writing that down. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Official omission. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and what I might do as well, I might make it a video for the. Um, the pedal boards of doing things so that they can see how how easy <laughs> it is. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean you could hear you could hear the quotation marks there. 
<laughs> but yeah, just to kind of yeah, so, to walk through the process as well. Yeah, so back to it. So, so I'd probably use the Variac if I was going to do like an hour and a half with it because I could then use my simplifier as like an amplifier. And yeah, for a couple of songs, I could throw throw a bit of lead over the top, and I'm sure that some of their stuff where it won't sound usually when you play electric guitar with distortion over just a piano it sounds a bit weird but i'm sure there's a few songs where it would work yeah and it, I, i'm glad that you mentioned the uh, the simplifier actually because it it segues really nicely into something like a, a little bit of a mop-up that we need to do from a conversation that happened in the um in the podcast group it's a bit of a redo of a, a topic that we mentioned when josh was last on and it just so happens to be the doppelganger of of Matt. It is Mr. Matt Quinn. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I've no idea what he sounds I'm, like. I'm really sorry. That's probably really. I'm, I'm hoping that at that point he said said hi to his car stereo system because I assume that's where everyone listens to a podcast. Because when when else do you listen to podcasts? I li- I listen to podcasts at my desk at work. Oh, well, there you go. So either at your desk at work or at your car. Uh, I actually... I'm more on the shitter. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? The shitter? Do you just like... How, how long are you in the toilet for? <laughs> hey, when you... Hey, you know, when it comes to that time of work, I don't go in my break time. I go on work time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, look. You, you're, you're earning money there. You're earning <laughs> to shit. Yeah, that is... That's sensible. I'm, I'm down with that. But at most, you're getting 15 minutes before someone goes, mm, what's going on? <laughs> you're not getting a podcast <laughs> worth of shit time. I think Welcome we might have try. derailed this uh, this segue, so just just, just yes. a touch. So the... well, it's all right, because the guy who invented the segue killed himself with the segue, so you don't want to use them too often. <laughs> okay. That's that's not true. He did. He literally segued off a cliff. Google it. Google the guy who, <laughs> uh, who invented the Segway and how he died. He segued off a cliff. That's amazing. Shit, man. <laughs> was, was this like? So what we're what we're learning is don't overuse the Segway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe we need to come up with a different word for for like transitioning in podcast. We need to scooter to the next segment. Yeah. <laughs> See. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna Heelys to the next uh, to the next segment. <laughs> oh man, I always wanted some Heelys. I was I was too old by the time they come around, and I, I just I'm bitter. I really want some. <laughs> but but here we go. Right, so um, we were talking about the silent rig, weren't we? So the Matt's um, simplifier reminded me of that. So we're talking about like the kind of logistics of the um, silent rehearsal. And and actually, how you use it live, and and the the benefits of that. Yeah, because uh, ironically, um, I'm filming. We're we're playing this weekend, and I'm going to be filming sort of about the the rig uh, and explaining it, and actually kind of demonstrating how it all works. But so, uh, Mister McQueen, um, who if you're listening, hi, but um, so. Basically, we have um, like one of the, the four-year rack cases, and in that is uh, 16 inputs which go to a mixer. And then from the mixer, um, there is a, uh, a, splitter sna- um, a splitter snake, and that is what the front of house takes. But before that, within the mixer, so we've got like three vocals there's i think five channels for all the drum mics um my stereo guitar joe's mono guitar we got mono bass etc and everything goes into that um and then that kind of also then goes to all of our in our in-ear monitors but where the beauty of it lies is um the unit that we have has like a standalone app that you can get on um on your phone uh, because the mixer's got an inbuilt wi-fi system so you you connect up to that and it, it comes up on your phone um with the full 16 um channels all all fully labeled up and kind and kind of set up um and so you can assign, say, there's uh, five, uh, one, two, yeah, five of us in the band. Um, so you, 
you could say Josh for me is one colour, then Lisa the singer could be red or whatever. And when you click your name on the app, you can then adjust the way uh, everything sounds in your in ears. And then as soon as yes. you close, and as soon as you've done that, or you close the app or whatever, it saves it. So next time when you go to play, the, the sound that you've got is exactly the same as the last time as, as when you used it. So now when we do our our rehearsals, um, mm-hmm. our drummer will mic up a kick snare and just overheads. A really simple kind of crude setup. Purely yeah, this is a an acoustic kit. Yes, yeah, alright. Yeah, rather than he's an, a, yeah, yeah, he's he's running a full acoustic kit. Um, all he's got um, underneath the cymbals is they're almost like kind of like a little bit like um, really dense uh, foam underneath the the cymbals, and that actually dampens a lot of um, a lot of the sound. So obviously, when, from the overhead, you still get the crispness, but it it um, it just the uh, decays quite quicker rather than kind of you know yeah you, you lose a lot of the wash the yeah, um that's, symbols. yeah um so kind of when we rehearse now in the studio because we're all using the in-ears we don't need to use the back a back line or anything like that and because obviously you can independently control the volumes as well you're not having to boost your volume to go over the the acoustic kit because it's been kind of quite dampened and like you said the wash has been taken out of it um but it means as well that whenever we go to a gig we know for the peace of mind is that we've got the same sound every time yeah it makes Um, it it's made the the entire process um really uh really replicatable so rather than having to account for like the acoustics of a room uh, like all of that is uh, the sound sound person's job at that point, isn't it? Uh, so, so, like the sound guy turns up and goes, "Okay, so what am I doing?" It's like here's a split snake. Here you go. That's all the feeds that you need. Um, yeah, so it gives it gives him all of the all of the tracks, but then like he or she makes the the front of house mix, but that doesn't affect any of your. Uh, your channels so all of your setup no. um re- like remains the same so you've got the exact same thing that you're used to during rehearsal yes which again which is another really good beauty of this is say like you know you, you support bands being on or whatever and you're going on stage you want to check things all you need to do is just turn on your in-ears yeah and then you can play and obviously none of that is going to be coming out of the PA because he's most likely got all the channels muted. So you can play for a couple of things. All you're going to hear is the acoustic, like the acoustics of the guitar on stage. Yeah. And you can just hear each other so you can make sure everything's working. And then that's, that's obviously not coming through the PA. Um, the, the, there's a lot of benefits. I'm not saying it's the cheapest option in the world, but nor is it the most expensive. It's, it's actually a lot cheaper than you think. The hardest, most expensive bit is getting the split snake, which kind of vary, varying on where you go. Uh, but we picked up a, be- a very basic one. I think it was about £400. Um, and I think, say, the, the mixer that we use is a, a kind of about the same sort of price. Do you know what um, brand that mixer is? It's... Uh, I actually think it's a Behringer one. It, oh, is it? So I've got the, um, it's the something X Air because I have uh the app on. Yeah, I've, I've heard of that actually. That makes sense. So that's that's got the uh like this magic voodoo trickery like get your own mix kind of thing. Um, so yeah. I, I was thinking kind of like not everyone will will be able to get those kind of things for like if you're just using this as a as a solution for like silent rehearsal because the idea of silent rehearsal is a really um like really tempting one and i think that's where matt was uh, kind of aiming at because he wanted to see like to try and replicate it himself so if you were thinking about doing that with the the minimum outlay possible 
you'd need like all of your um like stringed instruments like your uh, guitars and your basses and a keyboard if you've got one going into um so the key- the keyboards tend to have like just a an out anyway but like guitars you need to be going into some kind of modeler so that you can do that silently yeah. so that will that will like make the output of the guitar yeah, obviously silent. it's not going to work if you're using a 4 by 12 marshall cap you know <laughs> you're, obviously yeah. if you're doing that then it, it it's not going to work you're completely missing the point yeah you know, yeah um, it, it i does mean it's rely on modeling software yeah it's, so what like what surprised me about it it was was the fact that you still had the um the acoustic kit but that makes sense because a lot of like, a lot of rehearsal spaces will have acoustic kits and the like electric kits aren't particularly all that that commonplace. It's not completely silent because you're using an acoustic drum kit. However, if you're using an electric an electric kit, it would still work in the exact same principle. Yeah, all you and would do then is it would be would like it would be full silent. Then wouldn't it? Like apart from like the yeah. the strumming of the strings and the like the clicking of the the drum pads, you'd, it would be it would be fully silent there. But the principle yeah. works the same as you were saying. Um, is that on on a separate note? I would absolutely pay to see a sound engineer turn off out of out front of house whilst the band still had everything going on in their monitors just to see <laughs> if they noticed. Because I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> oh, I mean, you've got to find out who like where where the next gig is and how much the sound engineer would uh, would I just have to lean over his shoulder and just go clink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you guys like rocking out and like because you'd still have the singer you'd still have the the drums but none of the guitars would be doing anything well that's it you know you are kind you are kind of reliant on the fact that the sound engineer is sticking everything out the front of the house because for all you know there could be something completely wrong with the mix outside the front yeah. Generally, there's at least one or two people in the crowd that sort of know what they're listening for that would notice that and like at least try and flag, or you'd hope they'd try and flag somebody's attention if you know the the bass was missing or like we've yeah. only got one of the two guitars um, and it sounds a bit weird or yeah. I, I can he- I can I hear the snare of... but there's no bass drum. Yeah, he's done. A, I kind he's of hand everything to, to the left. Have... I still kind of asked just to have my monitor if I've got a monitor in front of me. Yeah. I still like to ask for just a front, front of house, yeah, front of house mix, yeah. You know, yeah. purely, literally, just in case something goes wrong, yeah, because yeah. Y- yeah. Y- you never know what's going to happen. Um, and the the also the kind of the beauty of it is to say if you're doing you know the festivals where you've got like a you know a ten minute loading time, we just carry that on stage and go done. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it makes everything like so modular that you you just straight in and on, aren't you? And and uh, I I mean this in because you know sometimes being a sound techie is hard. You know we all poke fun at them going, Whoa. but you know, <laughs> you know it, it it can be quite hard because we are divas. There's no there's no getting around that. Um, but it's to the point of where it's so easy, even you couldn't fuck it up. <laughs> it's nice to know. I might, I might go into sound tech. I'm sorry, I'm not pointing this as you one about the person, the sound yeah, engineer yeah. in yeah. in general, like because it is so simple. It is so simple. Yeah. All so, you got to do is just take the sixteen cables and just go. Turn your mixers up. Done. So if if you were doing this in um in just like your standard practice room, like the minimum you'd need is. Um, you'd need a modelling unit for all of your guitars. You'd also yes. need in ears for everyone, so yes. that the there were like in place of the PA speakers. I mean, you could yes. you could have it running through the PA speakers and have it quiet if it, if everything else was electric, and oh, that yeah. could that could be your solution. But for like a simple silent, um, like a silent silent rehearsal where everyone kind of gets the same mix. You could do like you could have all of your say, like in ears going through the monitor mix of your desk, faders down for your um your PA speakers, and 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 like you've said, mo- like mic up the kit or have a an electric kit, all plugging direct into the desk, so you wouldn't like you wouldn't need the snake then for that. 
Um, because yeah. it because it'll all be going through yeah. your in ear monitors and so that like if you if that's answered the question, please let us know, uh, Matt, because I think we've we've gone quite in depth with that and we've thrown out quite a few ideas, but I think it it should have cleared up some some of the questions. Maybe, maybe yeah. not. I don't know. Maybe we just prattled on for fuck knows how long, <laughs> about fifteen <laughs> minutes worth of talking about. <laughs> like just made no, made things worse. It's, it's <laughs> actually quite interesting. Like as much as I'm a I'm, I'm a valve amp person, and I'll only ever use a valve amp, and I'll use a simplifier if I really have to, but I really want a valve amp. It's actually interesting to see, like uh, talk talk about how other like complete other solutions that like I've never bothered with, and like. Now that I know that that's a, a a thing, if I ever have to encounter that in the future, it's like it's it's good to know about these other these other options that are out there, and especially like you could you were saying your whole band can rock up, and you've already got your monitor mix already sorted. You've got all your like you you can literally like you say it'll take you ten minutes to load everything on the stage. You plug it into power, and you've got that kind of yeah that that is all kind of set and done, which is just that's mind blowing like. Generally, load-ins for both of my bands take an hour and a half. So if you could get a load-in down to 10 minutes, that's just incredible. Yeah, like, it's literally, like, you know, for us, of the longest part is the usual whole thing of setting, you know, just setting up the drums and getting the drums mic'd. But, you know, in, in terms of the, the, the bulk part of it, literally, it's just handing over a 16K, six, a 16K or split snake and going, there you go. Yeah. And like just, you, you can't say fairer than that, can you? You can't make it any easier than that. No, it's. I think it's literally impossible to. Yeah, to, 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 to yeah, to slim it, like yeah. slim it down. It. You, you could buy a three quarters of the band and just do it as a solo artist. <laughs> That's the <laughs> only mean, way you're making it any more simple. <laughs> I mean, like you, you could give them like a stereo out of your your mixer and mix it yourself. And that would be like theoretically easier, but that would piss them off because you've done the bit that you've they're being paid off. for. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. Like there are some send engineers that go, "Oh, you've done the mix as well. Fucking get in, yes." <laughs> um, but like the majority of them would go. Actually, I've got the uh, like the, the expertise here. Can I at least have an unmixed um, set of <laughs> signals, and then then I'll I'll do the job. Um, we, we're going to move on because we've we've. Uh, kind of hit the midway mark at the moment. What's also happened is I've realised that I forgot to do a, <laughs> uh, I forgot to put the hot take in for this week. So we're gonna <laughs> on the hoof hot take. So last week we we absolutely blew the DS ones um, D S one, and we were talking about how it is the ultimate um, beginner guitar pedal, which. I don't think there's any denying. Uh, and the poll suggests that is the case. So we've got 60% are saying it is DS number one for a reason. We have got um we've got 40% saying it's a hard nope, not even the best DS. <laughs> which I think <laughs> like coloured the opinion somewhat. There we go. I mean Definitely, definitely is the boss best boss DS because they only did one and the two, didn't they? And the DS two is fucking terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got the DS one sounds kind of in it, but then it's also got the worst mode. And, like, I, and I know that like there's there's a whole contingent of, pe- of people that love the DS two, and most of them are John Frusciante fans. And I actually quite like the chilies when John Frusciante is in them, but not because of that sound. And uh, yeah, it's just the worst pedal I've ever owned was a Boss DS2. But I, I was with, I, I was with you. If if you're a starter guitarist, it's a DS, not an SD, because yeah, overdrive into a ten watt cheap practice amp is just doesn't work. No, it accentuates all the wrong bits, doesn't it? And <laughs> like the the beauty of the SD one is the subtlety to it, and there's no subtlety to a beginner guitarist. Like quite rightly so. We all we all started there where you're on the bridge pickup, you whack everything up to ten, and then your distortion pedal is just everything at max. We've we've all been there. Let's not pretend we haven't. <laughs> but if you do that with the SD one, it's not gonna sound great. Whereas if you do it with the DS one, 
It's also not going to sound great, but it's what you want to hear. It's a sound as, <laughs> yeah. opposed to, as opposed to just all of the things that you didn't want to hear about your playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's a very honest sound. That is it. Look, it's quite shrill if you've like, maxed out the tone. But it's also, it's really honest. And it like, oh, actually, I'm missing that note. I'm missing that note. Like, my palm muting's not really all that great. I'm not in tune. Like, the guitar's in tune, but I'm not playing in tune. <laughs> DS1 sounds worse than the main. Ooh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, that could be a hot take for this week. <laughs> I, I think having two two boss-related um, hot takes for this week, uh, for, like, week on week, is is perhaps a bit, a bit too much. much. Yeah, a bit too much. Um we are gonna do we're gonna do a hot take for this week. Um are we? What are we gonna do? Look has anyone got one? I did put one in the chat the other day. Go on, what are we saying, Josh? I said the difference between true bypass and Buckford is all in the mind, it makes no difference. The only real true bypass is amp straight in uh, the guitar straight into the amp. Okay. <laughs> okay. Where like where do we start? Okay. Explain your thought process behind this, Josh. Explain your so thought process. My my thought process is because you know you see you'll see a lot of people that will. I'm I'm not necessarily saying I'm shook, I'm tarnishing everybody with the same brush here, but maybe I am. Um, they'll have like twenty five pedals on their board, and they go, "Oh, they're all true bypass, mate." They are not all true bypass. You're running your signal through twenty five pedals. You are going to be getting some signal colouring and some signal loss through through all that. And regardless of whether you say true bypass or buffered, either way, you you are going to lose some of that signal colouring. You know, sort of thing in the way. The only way you're going to get a real true bypass is if you go guitar amp. If you want to get the truest, if you want to get the truest tone, I mean the the truest tone is the shortest cable that you can get into the amp, because <laughs> the 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 whole thing behind um the, the the bypass debate is that like any length of signal adds resistance because it's it's basically wire, but and it's not the, quite true that it is any length because the so the the reason why fender released their custom shop cables as 18 foot six inches is because nice with the type of metal uh, sorry metal that they use for the core of that cable there is no degradation in sound that is perceivable to a human ear for that length that exact length so if you went that into a pedal board you'd have to have something buffered, otherwise you'd be able to notice it even if everything was off. But if you've just gone from that straight into your amp, it doesn't matter whether you use one that's 18 foot 6 or whether you use one that's 10 foot or you use one that's 2 foot, you shouldn't, in theory, be able to hear a difference. Yeah, I mean, the there will be, there will be resistance amongst any um, any length of cable and that along with the the like the capacitance leads to a um a low, like a rudimentary um low pass filter isn't it it basically rolls off the high end yeah and like you say if it's like below a certain length that roll off is like imperceivable and you can buy certain cables which are supposedly designed to be um like have a lower capacitance, which shortens that um, that effect. But any amount of cable and airlock between the guitar and the amp will cause a difference, which is uh, why buffers were invented, really, so that like you, you can have any length of cable. It basically like boosts up the um, like boosts it back to where where it would have been originally depending on the quality of the buffer um because <laughs> all, all buffers are not made equal and it's part of the reason why the clon was such a popular pedal 
is because everyone raves over the buffer just on its own, don't they? Well, that that's it, isn't it? It's the fact that the buffer in the uh, the quan is pl- quan the buffer quan. in the cl- the clon is s- such a high quality, um, and it gives such is a true the reflection quan, the of Japanese it. version. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, we'll get onto that a little bit later, <laughs> but yeah, the um, so the clon buffer is supposed supposedly like so uh, so true to the nature of the original tone that it, which is why it became so popular. Um, so if you look, if you've got a board of twenty five true bypass pedals, that is basically adding twenty five lengths of cable within your your pedal board so it's going to add that length that capacitance that resistance it will end up being a low pass filter which is why you have they they suggest you have a buffer at the start of your um your pedal board to negate that um signal loss over the length of your pedal board and then towards the amp Uh, like some people suggest you should have one at the front and at the end as well um which i'm not entirely sure how like how much that is true well, i think it's it depends on so if you've got a long cable that you um that you are using from your board to your amp then you probably do because the buffer is only going to push so much for so long so one one buffer in a massive pedal pedal board probably isn't enough because again at, over time that buffer will also degrade as everything else is degrading alongside it so the more things that you've got certainly it makes sense to me that you would have one at the start one at the end i've got a boss pedal really early on, on my board and i'm pretty sure the nuna bar which is my last pedal the new neighbor um thing has yeah a buffer it's in also it, buffered um but yeah, I w- I would always try and have at least one at the start and one at- or one close to the start and one close to the end, just because you are like true true bypass to me. Like yeah. in pedals where you can switch on and off, I'm not gonna lie, I've tried it on, I've tried it off. You can't fucking tell a difference. Not even, <laughs> like most most of them, you really can't tell the fucking difference. Yeah. Like it's yeah, it's 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 all. Like pony, like fucking rocking horse nonsense, fucking snake oil bullshit. the The funniest thing I've ever tried is somebody with what's the what are those really fucking expensive one? Like you know the the cables that you have to put in a certain direction. They were they were yeah directional like, cables. Yeah, yeah, they were big in like the twenty ten, like uh, uh, I would say early twenty ten. I can't remember. Who, like there was one brand that everyone said, "Oh, these are the best cables in the world." Yeah, and the other guitarist in one of the bands that I I, I did a little bit of deck work for was well, using the, one of these cables. Uh, Klotz cables, was it? It might well be. I can't quite remember. But anyway, like he was using one of these cables, and I was setting up his rig for him because he was going to be late to a show. Yeah, and I left the cable looking like it was plugged into his board and just used one of my Fender custom shops and he didn't mention it the entire night. He said his sound was great. Thank you very much for setting up all my shit. Didn't even fucking notice that he was using the, the cable that cost less than a tenth of what he paid for his. Because <laughs> I just wanted to see whether he'd like have some sort of reaction. He wasn't aware. Yeah. It's the kind of thing of, uh, uh, again, like, like kind of saying where I guess I guess the hot take is the fact that it's all in the it's all in your mind. It's kind of yeah, yeah fed to you, and it's um it kind of it's under the same sort of things as when Anderton's kind of do like the the blindfolds. Like, can you tell the difference between a ten grand Les Paul and yeah an epiphone and an epiphone? And it's it's like your eyes. Yeah, do a lot of that judgment for you. I I would say you're mostly. I'd say there there probably are people that have a lot better hearing than most that can tell the difference. But I would say the vast majority of guitarists who think they can tell the difference can't. If you if you told them a pedal was true bypass, they would hear it as a true bypass and say it was wonderful. And if you then told them that a a, a pedal with true bypass had a buffer in, they would criticize that pedal. And then when you told them the correct answer, like you corrected them, they'd have a hissy fit and you know. I mean, do a gu- bit of whinging. guitarists just like to argue, don't they? They like to, <laughs> and especially not that kind of 
that breed of guitarist. Like they really like to feel superior. And they love the whole gatekeeping thing, and that's just another another um, level of gatekeeping, isn't it? That oh, you're using true bypass pedals on your pedal board. You don't have a X Y Z buffer here. Oh, like <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm I'm running. Uh, like a pedal board that is mostly like Joyo and and Moor and all of this. That look like those kind of people would look at my pedal board and have an absolute hissy fit. I I had a couple, not long after I got my new um, analog man. You know the, the, the one broke and I had to get, get a new one. And I had it on the board with the X Live Phaser, yeah. and I had somebody come up to me and say that it was offensive that I had a three hundred pound chorus pedal next to a 20 pound phaser <laughs> and i went okay if you're offended fuck off <laughs> <laughs> yeah you you think that's offended <laughs> wah, wah. Like, what, what are you talking about look uh, what i'm saying is phase sound to be honest with you they all fucking sound the same i can hear the difference in chorus so i've bought myself a good chorus pedal that phaser does a phase sound and i use yeah. it for one song and i don't give a fuck about the phaser really that's what my pedal board is saying to you but apparently that's offensive. No, I should be spending. You know, I should. I should have also bought an analog man phaser if they made <coughs> I don't. I don't think they do. But you should have hit up analog analog Mike and said, "I think I, think I need a phaser. Let's uh, let's work out a deal here, mate." Yeah, what I need you to do is to redo the phase ninety. That's it. Make it one better, so it's the phase ninety one. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Look, the most offensive thing about that is. The fact that you you aren't a massive fan of Phaser because Phaser <laughs> is is clearly the best one, but I don't get I don't get it. I don't get like it like it just sounds like slightly weird flange. <laughs> what like... Phaser? It, Phaser is just chorus with a bit of sass. It's it's crunchy. Is Phaser chorus is is kind of wobbly and liquidy. Flanger is that, but then like add jet planes involved. Phaser is the nice crunchy one, the the one that's like really gritty. Yeah, but it moves in the way that a flange does, but not as well. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You've you've not you've not tried the right right phase pedals here. I've tried. Look, I've tried quite a lot of expense. Well, maybe not expense, but like I've I've tried the traditional. Phase nineties. I've tried the Van Halen special. I've tried the original Phase ninety. I've tried a script. A script. Was it what was the the mini one? Was it Phase ninety five? Yeah, the Phase. And then 95. there was a Phase one hundred as well. I'm pretty sure I've tried. And then I've tried some non MXR phases as well that I can't remember what they are now. And just they all just sounded like a badly working flange pedal. <laughs> like this. <laughs> this tells me that. We shouldn't trust your ears. I think that's the hot take. <laughs> Matt's ears had gone a long time ago. Uh, I'm just, I'm trying to think of when I've ever heard Phase sound good. And I go back, like, it's I don't all know. All of Thin Lizzy, like the entire. Well, that's what I was going to say. Thin, the, the bass sound on Thin Lizzy, where it's phased, but it's not like phasing in and that, like, because obviously a lot of people will have quite a lot of movement in their phaser, but actually I don't think there's really that much movement in the phase that's on the bass tone of. No, uh, Phil used to use flange on his um, on his baser. It was the guitarist. Oh, that who... sounds good. <laughs> it was the guitarist Van who used Halen. the phaser. Van Halen is just the go-to for phaser. Uh, yeah, but I really don't particularly like Van Halen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like potential future hot takes. Yeah, um, but yeah, Van so I think that that's where we where we extend it out to the listeners. I, I'd really like to hear your opinion on this one because it's quite a divisive. Uh, devices topic is is the old uh, buffer thing, and like now we've discussed it, I'm not entirely sure which way I'd vote. I'll be honest, because I I think the stock in both sides of the argument. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to see how I feel on the day, and I will word it in a, a completely obtuse way as well. You know, you know, this is going to be the case. Um, but yeah, so that will be in the in the podcast group. It will it will appear at some point. As and when I listen to the podcast and go, oh shit, I've not added that. Whoops. <laughs> uh, we have got we've got a couple of minutes left. We'll we'll do some discussions. Discussions. 
Boss DS1, DS1W. We've, we've talked about the DS1 a little bit already. <laughs> DS1W, where did that come from? Like, who would have thought? <laughs> I assume it comes from Japan. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> um, but, like, completely out of nowhere that came. It Like, you could hear the kind of the sigh of relief from the guitar community of, of it's about fucking time. Is it though? Like, I'm sorry, but if you want a DS1, they're forty quid. Yeah. New, and oh yeah, you the like DS1 the... does the DS1 sound? What does this? Because this won't. This clearly do either. Either it's a hundred. It's a hundred and ten pound more, or whatever it is, two hundred and fifty pound more for the same sound, or it doesn't sound like the DS1. In which case, give it a different name. Yeah, the DS3. That it's about time for that, isn't it? Like DS one and DS two have been out a while now. Come on, let's get Boss one better. Suck one. So uh, I take it there are different versions of the DS one, and this is like a reissue of the best one. Yeah. Uh, so you, over the years, I think the the components have changed ever so slightly. Even though um, certain Boss advocates say that the the recipe for the Boss pedals hasn't changed. If that were the case, like the silver screw ones would be the same same price on the used market as the, the made in Taiwan versions. They're not, because the old versions used like better, higher quality components. Um but yeah, so I think it's it's aiming more towards those those original DS ones. I imagine they've tidied it up a little bit because if you've ever played a DS one you will know that they are not the most refined um, drive tone. <laughs> like... Well, they're not a drive, are they? The DS stands for distortion. Yeah, look, it's a drive pedal. It drives your, the signal. Um, drive, it distorts. It's which things. is a, a, it's a style of drive, much like versus a, a, like a drive. It's within the category of drive. It's not, I'm not saying it's an overdrive. This is where I disagree with people. Overdrive is completely different to distortion. Is completely different to fuzz. Yeah, I mean they are different effects, but they fall under the, the umbrella of drive because they drive the signal. They it, yeah. it's like modulation is a type of effect. Drive is a type of. This is not the semantics we need to be talking about. We need to be talking about the DS <laughs> DS one W. Um, DS1W, like, it came out of nowhere. I think it's, it's about time that they did it because they've done the Blues Driver, they've done the SD, they've done quite a few things that I would have thought would have come after the DS1, but hey-ho, it's happened now. I didn't know they'd done an SDW. <laughs> that was one of the first ones they did. The only one, I remember the CE2W and I remember the DM2W. Yeah, the VB2W the... as well was... <laughs> don't know what that is the vibrato and i remember the what was the oh the yeah the blues driver i remember that one yeah i don't I don't remember the rest <laughs> there's the a uh the ad no it's not the ad is it sorry it's the dm yeah D, dm sorry no the dm yeah I remember um, the, the dm2 and the ce2 were the one that everybody was crawling for yeah. Oh, and there was the the push button call. Yeah, this well. yeah the dimension C, the DC yeah. TW. Uh, what else have we had? We've <laughs> we've had the uh, fucking TU TW, haven't we? Oh shit! Yeah, that's the boss tuner. Yeah, the with the fancy buffer. Yeah, so that you can tune <laughs> tune harder. Yeah. Um, you want to pay eighty pound for your tuner or two hundred pound for your tuner? Um, this one has a quote fancy buffer. Yeah, and it and it's a different and colour. It's black instead of white. That's it. Yeah, it makes it slightly harder to see when you're stamping on it. <laughs> but there we go. Um, so, I mean, what I'm saying is, what do we think the next boss Wazacraft is going to be? What do you reckon is the next in line? Because, like you say, we've do- we've we've had quite a few um, obvious choices. We've had some that are not obvious choices as well. I like think the, it's going to be like the like the DM two or, or something. They've they've done like the DM two delay. 
Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe like the like D like the DD. Yeah, they might DD three W. They yeah. They haven't done a, one of the digital ones. Maybe a slow gear. Like, I was the thinking the slow movies. gear because people are simping for that, aren't they? They, they are. They go for like eight hundred quid sometimes. So yeah. surely at some point they've got to re-release the slow gear. Yeah. Um, personally, I'd like them to do an OC two W because the OC five sounded like a chorus band. I like. I know people raved over it and oh, they've got a brilliant new right, uh, 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 octave pedal, but. Yeah. The demo made it sound like a chorus pedal and it's supposed to everything's supposed to be in tune and it just didn't sound it to me. I don't know whether I've just got broken ears. I think we've discussed earlier in the podcast <laughs> that I've got broken ears. I mean the but... fact that you're thinking that <laughs> face sounds like flange, it, it suggests that the problem isn't with the OC five. I just don't know the difference between phase and flange and I'm listening for a flange sound and getting a phase or listening for a phase sound and getting a flange and just Yeah. I'm oh. an idiot. I think I'm gonna have to do a video phase or flange. <laughs> uh, what that's... you should do is play a load of thin Lizzy bass lines with both phase and flange, and see if I can work out which one's more like the record. Phase sounds horrible on bass, though. Flange sounds all right on bass. That that's yeah, because phase cancels out frequencies. So look, it, at certain points, you won't get much bass frequency coming through. So, like, if I said to you Edge of 17 by Stevie Nicks, is that phase or flange? Because uh, it's one I'd have to listen to it. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't recall, I'll be honest. All right, well, you'll have to do that. for That's your homework for next week. Listen to Eye of the Tiger. Okay. <laughs> Done. Sold. Uh <laughs> Oh, we're talking about, oh, we're yeah. talking about the, like, yeah, what the was is going to yeah, be. I think OC two for me. Yeah, I think that's not going to happen because the no, OC five came out like, like well, it weren't last year, was it? But it was, it was. Yeah, fairly recently. Last well, couple of years. Well, I mean, you say that, but I think the nineties was ten years ago. So. PS three, maybe. Yeah. That compression old, but they. And, uh, Again, the compressors really are the the thing at the moment. Well, not, maybe not at the moment, but for the last five years. And Boss tend to usually be about five years behind the times. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I mean, oh, come on, the, the DD five hundred and the RV five hundred were about five years after the Big Sky and the Timeline. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we were doing so well. I think I'm uh, just spitting truth bombs. What I need behind <laughs> me is like. One of those like accident things, like we've had zero days without accident, <laughs> but like without slating boss. RV6 reverb, reverb. Okay, I mean, like reverb is a possible, but I think, I think with the reverb and with the digital delays, they release That's release them kind of periodically, don't they? So we're on like what the RV8 now, is it or something? And and what can, what can you add to it that's that's not what the others have already got. Well, yeah, you just go back to one of the original algorithms that, yeah, you know, but... is thirty years out of date, and say, "Oh, look, it's a new one. It's the old <laughs> one." <laughs> that's, that's, that's all they're doing. It's, it's boss. <laughs> boss is kind of zero days with a <laughs> slating. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm absolutely not criticizing because there's so many people out there that love those original pedals. Yeah. And that's why they've started this Wazza series is because they realize that if people are paying stupid money for a DM2 and a CE2, yeah. they can get a slice of the pie by releasing that old software alongside a new kind of release pedal. And I, yeah. like, I've got the DM2 and I'd, I'd actually probably rather have the DM2W because I'm sure it's less noisy than the the DM2 is. Yeah, it's it. They are like it's full fan service, and they are do doing their their part, aren't they? They're going don't don't pay ridiculous for these like outdated pedals. We'll sort you out. We'll make sure that you got like you've got a good deal here. And and, and to be fair, they're still like less money than. Like uh, the majority of the like boutique, oh yeah, absolutely. Companies they, they, aren't they pretty much all all less than two hundred quid? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Apart from that, TB two W. Oh, the, the time yeah. vendor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but we won't well, mention that, that. That wasn't them. 
on their own, though, was it? That no, it wasn't. Bit. All right. So, what what are we saying? So we've got we've we've had the slow gear. We're thinking maybe the the digital delay and the the reverb. I'm thinking maybe. Hmm. I don't. I'd like to see something ridiculous like the digital metalizer or the the um. Oh, uh, what's it called? The extortion. I'd like to see those because that would just be fucking hilarious. Um, I also kind of want to see that weird like power power supply, like the red one that's like got yeah, like a loop, like a loop thing. I, I kind of want to see a was a craft line selector as well. Like the the L, what's it the LN one or something like that? I can't remember. All right, can, all right, can somebody come and please get budget pedal chap and collect him, please? <laughs> I just think that be the it'd be brilliant, and they'd go they'd go really nicely next to the TU two W. I think that would be that would be excellent. I think actually, look on a more serious note, the uh, chorus ensemble or the super chorus we haven't seen. We've not seen those. Or the flanger. Do you know what we do need? We need an AC3W. You know, their acoustic simulator pedal. <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think anyone needs that. 12-string mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah po- like potentially. Potentially. I think that's probably a good place to end the podcast for this week, isn't it? Because... <laughs> Probably. <laughs> We've. I'm sorry, boss. I'm really sorry. I didn't mean. I didn't mean any of this. Right. What are we say. We've got. I've, I've not even got the Patreon people up here. I've. I've. Shirped on my responsibility this week. Uh, I'm going to extend a thank you to our to our people to just to for you to making it this far. We've got a bit waffly. We've we've rambled a little bit, but you know what? It's been good to be back with with our. Two two hosts who have been been off for a little bit, little bit. Uh, Matt, welcome back. So, like, I'm extending a thanks for for our peeps and just for like bearing with us this week because it was nice just to catch up. Uh, I'm expen- extending an extra special, super sexy thank you to our Patreon backers for as little as two dollars a month. You can be one of these people. You can be one of these aspirational you can reach your dreams but for two dollars a month and you get some uh some bonus stuff as well there's a little bit of bonus branton chat as well that was on the cutting room floor i thought you might want to might want to have a listen to that a lot of 15 minutes of that we throw out some stuff on the patreon occasionally so you you do get some some stuff back for your money but mainly it's just to support us and just go you're doing a good job kid so that's that's kind of nice. Yeah, come on, come on, join us, join us. It's a, it's a party over here. And those people who who do the Patreon backing, uh, you can tell I'm tired, can't you? Uh, <laughs> they are as follows: uh, We've got Mr. Andrew Bimson. We've got Mr. Adam Yeomans of Chef Tone Effects. We've got Mr. Oh, Doug Christ. Oh, oh, oh! Whoa, I've, got whoa. A, I've I've got a preacher. <laughs> I forgot to mention. That. I'll have to talk about that on the next pod. The preacher was awesome, though. I've now got all of the Chef Tone pedals. They're all Woo. fucking good. Oh, Chef the Priest is fucking amazing, isn't he? I've got one down down here, like one of the new ones, the V2. Very yeah, good. That's what I've got. Yeah. Uh controversially, I prefer it without the uh the boost engaged. The internal I one. I I haven't been in to, to try that yet. Yeah. That'll be uh tomorrow's job probably. It's it's like it's a tone. It's definitely a tone, but I I've been playing the um the preacher for years. And like I got used yeah. to the the old, slightly more compressive one. I love it. Um, but yeah, Yeomans is still of Chef Turn effects. Uh, he's got a sale on at the moment as well. Check him out. Like eighty five, eighty five quid for a, a Honey Burst. Honey Boy, yeah, absolute steal. I was, was going to get that and ended up buying an Antares. I mean, <laughs> yep. I, I don't. Yeah, they're both cracking pedals. Yep. Uh, Mr. Doug Christ, he's from 37 Effects of Masters of the Cinematic Universe and the Just Surprise Me podcast. I think they might have changed their name. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, we've got Mr. Hugh Erection. We. Uh, we've got Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups and Mr. Brian Go of the Tone Jerks podcast and the Second Button podcast. I was going to say Masters of the Cinematic Universe. He's not. He, he's He's been on there. <laughs> 
He has been on. He was on with uh, with Carl for the mask, weren't it? Yeah. It was good. It was good. I like that one. Yeah. One. Somebody stop me. <laughs> I, I will in about in about two minutes. Um, so if you want to if you want to catch me online, I am Budget Pedal Chap. You can find me Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. YouTube is the home to the No Talk or Toad series and the No Talk or Toad Versus series, which this week I am gonna get that dark matter to win one of these. It's the third time <laughs> the dark matter has appeared, <laughs> appeared on the, um, the no Talk uh, Toad. Yeah, the verses because. It's been pipped at the post each time. It's been it's been close, but it's been pipped at the post. It's gonna win this week. I'm I'm feeling feel it. Such a good pedal. My gosh, it's so good. <laughs> Please, like, vote for it. Otherwise, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna have it versus I don't know, like a boost pedal or something. I don't know. Just make it happen. <laughs> uh, Josh, we can find you as. Joshy the Corona Mortis on Instagram and Josh Castle TCM on YouTube. That's the one. That's the one. It's not Joshy's ZK anymore, is it? All right. It's not. And Matt. It's been a few weeks. Let us know about your uh, your Twinstagram. Twin <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah, I was tempted. Twi- Twitter and Twinstagram at heel underscore Matthew. And we will also need to give a shout out. It's Jimmy Hesselden is the Segway guy. Just check his, his Wikipedia page. He did die on a Segway. <laughs> there we go. So if you want to, if you want to help Matt out this week, Wikipedia, go on Wikipedia and search up Segway guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, that'll be us for this week. It's been it's been an emotional roller coaster from myself, Mister Budget Pedal Chop. From oh my gosh, it is Josh. He's up that side, and from Mister Matt Quine. Say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Ooh, he did the thing. Ooh. It will be a tatty boy and good night for this week. Good night. It's, it's 22 22. Oh, we couldn't have done that bad, would we? Why don't monsters eat ghosts? Go on. They taste like sheet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's good. It's good. Yeah, okay.